Instead of boring you by reading to you the 17 verb definitions for the word stand and the 12 noun definitions for the word stand. Okay, I mean, that's, when you just kind of read those, it's kind of boring, isn't it? I've written a short narrative using all 17 verb forms of the word stand, to stand, and I used one of the noun definitions to make it make sense. Uh, see if you can pick out the noun definition that I use. I use it twice, okay? The house stands on a hill overlooking a small valley or holler, as some might say. I park at the bottom of the winding driveway and stand by the mailbox. I stand the camera stand in front of me facing the house and attach the camera to the stand and look at the house through the lens. The old place stands in need of a few repairs. An old wheelbarrow stands up against the house and stands as a monument to what was. I pick up the camera and walk up the hill to the house instead of driving. I stand five foot eleven, but I could stand to lose a few pounds. You like the way I put that in there? The hill is steep, and halfway up, I must stand and catch my breath. I am walking to the front door, and rainwater stands in pools in old ruts in the driveway at the top of the hill. I can't stand to see mosquitoes forming on the water's surface, so I press on to the front porch, which seems rotten and won't stand my weight. I hear the creak of the boards and stand prepared to fall through if need be. I can stand for the repairs if they are warranted. I knock on the door and stand resolute, ready to stand if I have to defend myself. Slowly the door's curtain moves and I almost change my mind. I've tried this morning in a narrative form to give you all 17 definitions of the word the verb to stand. When I ask you to stand up for Jesus, when we sing stand up for Jesus, what do we mean? Which definition would we use? Which of the 17 verb definitions and 12 noun definitions would we use when we say stand up for Jesus? With 17 verbs and 12 nouns, you could see how it might be hard to get across the meaning of our topic today, Stand Up for Jesus. With 29 different definitions, I can understand how someone might be confused on what we mean by stand up for Jesus. I'm going to stand up for Jesus. Well, what do you mean by that? With well-told stories, subtle meanings have a way of getting through. And this morning, I want to tell you a success story. A story that begins with failure, but ends in success. A success story about standing up for Jesus. And through this, through this story, I hope you'll... You'll understand more the definition of what it means to stand up for Jesus. I hope you'll, you'll answer the questions, what does it mean to stand up for Jesus? How do I or how can I today stand up for Jesus? 
And am I or willing, am I or am I willing to stand up for Jesus from here on out? You know, when I was 10 years old, I thought about things differently than I do now. I wonder if we ask 10-year-old Chad, what does it mean to stand up for Jesus? I would have given you an answer. But would it have been the same answer that I would have given you at 19? If we ask 19-year-old Chad, what does it mean to stand up for Jesus? Or 32-year-old Chad, Chad, what is it, 32-year-old Chad, what does it mean to stand up for Jesus? Or what if we could go into the future and we ask 75-year-old Chad, Lord willing, what does it mean to stand up for Jesus? Would I give you a different answer? Would things have changed? The story I want to tell you today comes from one source. It comes from the Bible, the best source for great stories on how to, how to really live. And from three main passages, if you would, turn now to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 26. We're going to look at the books of 1 and 2 Peter this morning. These passages tell of a man who was one way at one part in his life, and then years later he thought about things differently. He's our success story for today. Peter, the Apostle Peter, is who I want to look at this morning. He is our success story. If you'll turn to Matthew chapter 26. In Matthew chapter 26, Jesus celebrates the Passover with his disciples. And we often read verses 26 through 29 where Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. And then we see verse 30. And when they had sung a hymn... They went out to the Mount of Olives. Verse 31, Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Verse 32, But after I have been raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Jesus prophetically told the apostles, that all of them were going to stumble. Not not stand with Jesus, but because of Jesus, stumble. Have you ever stumbled because of Jesus? (laughs) Yeah, she said no real quick. Hey, I have though. Not just stumbled, but fell flat on my face. Fell flat on my face because of Jesus. Let's continue to let's continue to look and see what to do, what we can do now, and what we can do in the future to keep that from happening. Verse thirty-three. Peter answered and said to him, "Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble." This is a classic example of never say never, right? Never say never. You've heard of the motivational speakers. You've heard of motivational posters. You've seen people with motivational hats or motivational coffee mugs. You know, there's a website that's devoted to demotivational things. Did you know that? They have demotivational demotivational T-shirts and posters and coffee mugs. And some of the sayings are pretty funny. Some of them are pretty funny. One poster said this. One poster said, failure. Maybe you were meant to be the example of what not to do. 
Maybe that's, maybe that's the reason you're here on earth is because you're the example of what not to do. Have you ever felt that way before? That, oh man, I hate being the example. Don't you hate being the example of what not to do in life? Peter is here. Never say never, right? Peter is the example in verse 33 of never say never. Peter was filled with, with, with pride, wasn't he? Peter was filled with pride then. We can remember back in our youth, we were a lot more prideful then than we are now. Life will humble you, won't it? It sure will. Peter was filled with pride. But remember now, Peter is our success story. That wasn't the way it always was for Peter. Not only is Peter the example of what not to do, he's also the example of how to stand up for Jesus. Around 30 years later, through the school of hard knocks and the grad school of trial and error, Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5-6, through 6, that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. 30 years earlier, 30 years earlier, that's not the way Peter was. Pride wins the battle in Peter's heart 30 years earlier. In fact, in verse 35, not just Peter, back in, Matthew, back in Matthew, verse 35, not just Peter, but all of the disciples say they will, they will not deny Jesus, but will die before they deny Him, they say. They sound resolute, don't they? It sounds like they're saying, I will stand up for Jesus no matter what comes. Fountainhead, will you? Will you? The time for you to do so is is now. Will you stand up for Jesus? Let's see what else defines standing up for Jesus. Verse 36, Jesus and the disciples, they get to the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus told the majority of the disciples, he told them, I want you to sit in this spot right here. Then he goes on a little further and he takes, he takes James and John and Peter, verse 37. He told them, well, basically commanded them, verse 38, stay here and watch with me. Verse 39, Jesus went a little further and prayed. Verse 40, he came back and he found the disciples asleep. What Jesus said, could you not watch with me one hour? One hour? Peter, James, John, they were being lazy. They were being lazy. Does your faith ever get lazy? Come on, Fountainhead. One sign... One card, just one, one phone call, one hour on Wednesday night, just one, just one hour on Sunday night, just one. Can't you give him one? Does your faith ever fall like that? Do you ever get lazy in your faith? Peter was lazy then. 
But look at Peter's instruction to us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9. Be sober, be vigilant. Be sober, be vigilant. First, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Add to your faith goodness, to your goodness knowledge, to your knowledge self-control, to your self-control perseverance, to your perseverance godliness, to your godliness brotherly kindness, to your brotherly kindness add to that love. Do you, do you notice that there? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, verse 10. Be diligent to do these things. And notice what he says. You will never stumble. You will stand. Second Peter 3.14 And be found by Jesus in peace when He comes back. But that's not the way Peter was in the early days. He was not humble. He was not a vigilant elder. But a prideful, lazy coward. Look back at Matthew 26, verse 58. Jesus has been arrested. Everyone, as he predicted, has left him. Prideful Peter. Prideful Peter. Will he, will he stand up for Jesus? Will he do like he said he's going to do? Will he stand up for Jesus and, and stand up in front of the high priest and, and, and stand with him? Is that what he'll do? No, verse 58. Peter followed at a distance. He went and sat with the servants of the high priest to see the end. How many times have we just wanted to, to blend in rather than stand up for Jesus? How many times have we just wanted to be the fly on the wall rather than a real Christian? Just, please, just don't take any notice that I follow Jesus. Please, just don't, don't let anybody, shh, don't tell anybody I'm a Christian. Stop it. How many times have we done that in our own lives? Cowardly. Then Peter was a coward. But remember, he's our success story. He's our success story. Later, as he stood up for Jesus, Peter was unashamed of the gospel. 1 Peter 4, verse 3, he says, we He includes himself, We have spent enough time in lewd parties and drunkenness. Those are his words. We have spent enough time in lewd parties and drunkenness. Verse 15, Don't suffer as an evildoer. Verse 16, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. When we stand up for Jesus, we do not have to be ashamed. Whatever the world says, we carry with us the name of Jesus Christ. We are Christians. Let me tell you something, folks. Don't apologize. Don't apologize for being a Christian. The world wants you to. You don't have to because Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. We make no apologies for that. Success. The world in Peter's day earlier drug Peter down to fail. 
But Peter, he was prideful. He was lazy. He was a coward. He was, he was worldly. He thought about the world more than Christ. Matthew 26, verse 34, if you skip just a few pages back, Jesus told prideful Peter, before the night is over, you will deny me three times. In verse 69, to the end of the chapter, to the world, Peter denies Jesus once, twice, three times. You're out. The fight's over. You're out. Peter lost. Peter lost. It's over. Lost by the warm, safe fire that the world provided. Paul would later write, 1 Corinthians 15.33, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Have you ever been deceived by the world? Are you wise enough to say this morning, yeah, it's happening right now in my life. That was then. Later, Peter changes his worldly focus and he, he stands up with Jesus. He's, he teaches us how to stand up for Jesus. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, Peter begs us, he says, he begs us to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. And Second Peter chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, look forward to the fulfilled promise of new heavens and a new earth. Stand with Jesus, but... 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 17, beware lest you fall. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Peter's, Peter's worldly outlook changed. It changed from here and now to there and then. It changed from a worldly focus to a heavenly focus. Jesus shows us how to stand up for him today. As he did Peter. Peter changed, didn't he? We've seen the evidence from the scriptures. Peter changed. You know what? So can we. I'm telling you, 10-year-old Chad was not the same as 19-year-old Chad. And thank God... 45-year-old Chad is not like 19-year-old Chad. And Lord willing, I hope I continue to grow. And I hope 75-year-old Chad is even better than 45-year-old Chad. We can change. Peter did. Peter wrote 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. When you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Jesus Christ stood up for you. He stood up in front of his accusers. He stood up in front of Pilate for you. He was stood up on a cross for you. He was taken down from that cross and laid in a grave. And you know what? He stood up again for you. 
He beat death and He beat sin and that's the gospel. That's the gospel that we've got to obey if we even have a chance of going to heaven. We've got to obey the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ by being buried into baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. If you want to stand up for Jesus, you can do so by being buried into Jesus Christ right now and raised to walk in newness of life. Maybe you've fallen. Maybe you've fallen. Like Peter, you can stand humble. You can stand forgiven. But you got to change. You got to change. You got to be willing to stand up for Jesus. Are you willing to stand up for Jesus from here on out? If you are, come right now. It's together we stand and sing.